wants to know you now. Nobody wants to Mike. show you. Mike, stop. Show him you lost it on your own. Mike, you can never surrender. You don't like it? No. Welcome to the Upside Down Podcast. This is Ash. This is Tori. And guys, it's here. The day you've been dreaming of. We no are going to be talking. Been They've been dreaming of it. They've been crying and wishing. The Stranger Things Season 3, we are here and we are going to talk about Episode 1. Susie, do you copy? We know that you guys have been enjoying the official Stranger Things Podcast. Have you listened to it yet? No, I absolutely <laughs> refuse. That sounds like a nightmare. Uh, I did cry when I saw that they had one. I was like, why? Why'd you do us this it? away, Stranger Things? It's, so essentially, it's only three episodes and it's... It sounds like what they did is they collect interviews with cast and crew throughout the filming of Stranger Things and then they brought someone in who kind of narrated everything. Lame, sounds should have been us. Whoa, I'm not going to say lame because it actually had some pretty good interviews, but guys, those interviews should come to me and to Tori because we are super mega fans, but I enjoyed it. It was only three episodes, so I didn't have to kill myself <laughs> because I, <laughs> when I saw they were having one, I was like, why? Why Stranger Things? Why Netflix? But then when they said only three, I was like, okay, we're good. I'm going to listen to it and I'm going to enjoy it. It's like our 500th episode. Actually, only 67 episodes. It feels so longer. I don't believe that. I mean, it might be longer if you count some of our initial friends don't lie. We have a lot of you that are starting to listen for the first time, and you're pushing through from the beginning, and you're keeping going. Don't do it. I advise highly against that. (laughs) Look, people like it. They're digging it. So, great. Let's go ahead and get started. We don't want to waste any time because we just want to get started talking about this. It opens on June 28th, 1984. I kind of did a search on that date to see if anything was happening in America. I mean, I know that Reagan was president. I was looking to see if there was anything happening with the Russians but to my knowledge I couldn't find anything sourced I thought maybe that was a significant date but it I mean I guess it's significant to the show but it didn't seem to be anything based in fact or history that I could find so we start off with an underground lab with the men in the gas masks and the scientists and this is funny because this is the part in the trailer that we talked about where I said well let's go back to it and then I'll tell you so basically the scientists are trying to build this giant machine and they've got these military guys that are around them so you can tell that they feel very pressured and they are trying to open the portal and then all of a sudden the machine the portal starts to close and the machine explodes and there's an electricity shock so when we saw the trailer I posited that Billy was building this portal and that he was the one in the gas mask and when the explosion happened it was probably him and I think what happened is that when Tori and I were reviewing the trailer we didn't really take into account the Russians I mean we would say the Russian guy you know yeah. following Hopper but it did we didn't, we didn't really know it was gonna be the Russians we thought it was gonna be a Russian <laughs> yeah like I don't think we really considered deeply enough that the Russians were going to be a part like why was the Russian following Hopper like it didn't even yeah that wasn't something that crossed our minds and also you know there's several men in that scene in those gas masks but at the time it just looked like a single person or at least it did in the trailer to me so I just thought that was really funny and we see a Russian military guy Grigory who is played by the actor Andre Ivchenko I'm sorry if that's wrong he is a total spin-off of Dolph Lundgren from the 80s do you remember Dolph, oh, yeah, Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren yeah, yeah I was just watching Masters of the Universe the other day which is such a letdown they talk about Dolph Lundgren a lot on It's Always Sunny oh do they yeah. <laughs> but he is perfect. I mean, he's excellently cast. He's he's so 80s. Like, it's just so good. 
Okay, so after the machine kicks on and the portal closes, the general walks right up to the wall and he puts his bare hand on the crack of the wall, which I thought was really weird because the portal was just blasting like full yeah, electric shocks at this wall to like open the portal. And he's like, I'm just gonna set my bare hand on this molten rock. Like it seemed crazy to me. What happens next? Um, Grigori comes over and he chokes the one guy for failing him. Even though he did pretty good, guys. He opened it a little bit. And then the general tells Alexi, Alexi, guys. Oh, I love him. <laughs> that he he only has one year and then they leave and they're underground at an icy base which is Boo. probably somewhere in like, Russia boring. a helicopter launch pad I was thinking of like it really reminded me of like um god what's that movie you probably never seen it the hunt for red October or yeah. like you know like those 1980s movies I was thinking spies like us where they're just like out in a ice wintry thing what's what I are those was called? like when are they gonna show some people we know like I like I get it backstory whatever that is true because you know we don't get any dust in until like 40 minutes into the episode. So that's how it opens. It opens very non-Stranger Things. It opens, I think that Tori and I discussed in a trailer that we thought that, you know, that scene with the guy flying back after he'd been shocked with the electricity looked really, really cool, but it didn't feel like Stranger Things. So the whole opening was kind of like, it didn't feel like Stranger Things. It, it felt like a 1980s movie, which I guess is what they were going for. So we go into the credits and we then fade into just a little bit of... No. <laughs> Okay, so it pans over Eleven's dresser, and we see a peach radio. Sickening. We see Corey Hart, a tape cassette. We also see a Brian Adams tape cassette. We see a hairdryer, a unicorn, a lamp. She has books, and one of them, which I thought was really funny, was called Using Good English. Oh, that's cute. And on the end of the book cover, it looks like it has an equal sign, or it looks like it has the number 11 in kind of like a yellowy ego-shaped circle. So I don't know if that was a real book, or if that was something that props made, and then maybe put a little nod to 11 just right. for fans then they also this this part made me laugh so hard there was a picture frame on the end that said mike she had like taken sticky letters or something and put mike's name on it and it was like a picture of mike mm. just kind of standing there and then she also has you know pens and a drawing of a panda and then it, it shows more posters on the wall that she's handmade that say like i love mike mike with like hearts everywhere and then it happens this is stockholm syndrome and then it happens so all of that stuff is behind Mike. So it pans over to the other side of the room and it shows Elle and she's... (laughs) She's kissing Mike, which is Gross. Like, I don't know. It's sick. I don't know. I mean, so she's kissing Mike, and then Mike pulls away, and he's singing, and nobody wants to know you now. Bum, bum. And nobody wants to show you now. And then Eleven puts her face on Mike, and she's like, no, we have to keep a kissing. No, she doesn't She doesn't say that. She puts her hand over his mouth, and, she, and he's like, what? You don't like that? He makes the goofiest face. He's like, smiling at her like hey girl and then he leans in and he starts kissing her some more sick and then we make the tra- <laughs> we make the transition over to hopper who's in a lazy boy and he's eating his tostito chips and he's having his beer and they really make a point to show that he has a beer belly and i'm not sure why like if they're like just hopper's did been you, he's wait, depressed uh side note did you see that interview with winona Ryder and david hopper where they did the autocomplete interview no 
there was this part in it where he was like, I love Fat Hopper. And Winona got so mad at him. She was like, don't talk about yourself like that. Don't say that. And it was so cute. It seemed obvious, like, that's why they were making him that way. Because he doesn't normally, David Hopper's a pretty buff guy. He doesn't normally look like that. So I thought they must be trying to show he's, like, depressed or something's happening. So then he's watching, of course, Magnum P.I., which I think from the moment that everyone saw a picture of David Harbour as a Hopper in season three, they knew that that was the inspiration. So I thought that was a nice little nod. And he slowly leans back. And this part I thought was really funny where he's like kind of like leaning himself back in the chair and it's squeaking and he sees through the crack of the door and he sees Mike and Eleven and he sees him kissing and he starts yelling and he's like, hey! And then Eleven, like Elle uses her hand to like fling the door shut. Uh That made me laugh really hard. I know, and we'll get into it later, that a lot of people are mad at Hopper this season because they think he is too aggressive or they think he has all of these things. They're 14. Ashley did the same thing to me. But what I'm saying is like, like I don't think what he's doing is bad. It's like, what? He's supposed to just let Mike and Elle make out all night in the room? Like, that is not going, that's not what happens. It's like, have a little moment to yourself. But we're not going to close the door for 14-year-olds. What are Mike, what is Mike telling his parents? Like, who is this girl? How are they explaining that? Well, I think it's interesting because a lot of people, and I don't think that they're strangers. Like, I don't think they're like hardcore fans like, you know, our listeners are. But they were like, where are the parents? Like, all, especially on the scene where Erica is down. Well, we'll go into that because this is a not, this is a spoiler show. If you're listening to us, then you should know we're just going to probably randomly throw in things from other episodes like I'm going to do right now. But basically, when Erica is down in the tunnel and she's gone all night with uh, Robin and Steve, you know, people are like, why aren't these parents watching them? And I don't think that it's that the parents aren't watching them or that the parents aren't interested I think that especially this season we haven't been given the vantage point of any of the parents so we don't know what Mrs. Sinclair is doing we don't know what Mrs. Hargrove is doing we do know what Mrs. Wheeler is doing oh Billy um but (laughs) but I'm just saying like we don't maybe Mrs. Wheeler and or um the other moms they they talk about it later in the season and also we've said it once and we've said it a million times times were different in the 80s like even the Duffers have said they used to just go off and have adventures and you can't do that now yeah and they say it in like I don't know if it's episode six or episode seven but like Joyce finds Mrs. Wheeler at the fair and she's like where are my kids and they're like oh it's so hard to keep track so they were at your house then they were at in our basement then they were at uh Dustin's house and then Kate or Lucas's house and so it's like that's they just think that they're going around to their other friends houses yeah I think if you're a fan and you're watching the show you just gotta let that go and you just gotta go with the ride I mean it was the 80s kids were out doing Suspension stuff of disbelief yeah do you know, I think that the if parents you can believe that there is a giant demogorgon taking over a city you can believe that these but parents... those parents yeah, were, right. why were they were not watching their kids parents have lives guys yeah. we do stuff so anyway let's get back to Hopper he starts screaming at the kids three inch minimum and he gets to the door and Mike and Eleven are reading and they're like hey what's happening and I thought this was funny because before we had seen the episode that press photo was released in I think Entertainment Weekly you know how they do the special releases and both Finn and Millie were like it's chill it's relax and I guess that that was the point that they were making I actually liked that scene a lot I thought Hopper played it with the right amount of anger that you would play it with I don't think he was too violent with them you know again they're two kids like of course your teenagers are gonna date but like that doesn't mean you're gonna let them have a hardcore makeout sessions in your house when you're home so the next clip is Mike's writing home and he's 
he's making fun of Hopper to Eleven, which made me so mad. He's like, that was priceless. Did you see his face? And Eleven laughs. It was like a tomato. And I was like, oh what? my God. Guys, I'm listening to an audiobook of Stranger Things of the Hopper novel. And it's so funny because the narrator does all of the voices. So he'll read everything as himself and then he'll do Hopper's voice and then he'll do L11. And it's so funny because now I've got that guy's voice stuck in my head and it's messing me up. But I think they're trying to make Mike a real smart ass this season. Tori and I use a word, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you into our uh, world. Snoosh. snoosh. He's being a snooze. He's being a snooze. So we have Kilby in the house, everyone's favorite mascot. Woo woo, Kilby. And we can't like really curse around her a lot, or we, we do, but we try <laughs> We try not to. And so instead of saying that's things, whatever, we'll say, oh, that, that person's being a snoosh. And so snoosh. Mike He's is snooshing it up. He's snooshing it up. <laughs> We're like, Kilby, Mike is being a snoosh or a boosh. We say, <laughs> these words don't make sense. They're interchangeable. Coined it. We are not only a award-winning podcast, we are not but we're also <laughs> going to be in the oxford english dictionary yeah, uh snoosh boosh coined by the upside down podcast <laughs> but mike seems really kind of arrogant this season and i guess that's right you know he's hitting puberty and he's like oh i got a girlfriend now but it made me so mad when he was just like uh, i guess later in the episode he makes me mad with hopper but i will get into that in a minute so he rides up to the star court mall which i didn't notice i don't know if you noticed it was pointed out to me but on the left side when he's pulling right up into the entranceway brooke the our extra friend what up brooke and jack what up jack by the way they're doing a cool episode talking about their extra experiences coming soon they were on the side of Mike, like right on the side. As soon as it was pointed out to me, it was like, they're so clear. How could I have missed them? But Mike rolls up and Lucas is like, you're late again. And it's Lucas and Max and Will and they're waiting for him because they want to go see a movie. And I guess Mike is always making out with Eleven. And so they're walking through the mall, which is really cool because this is where we get our first glance of the interior of the mall because they're bickering. But then it does a nice pan of the bottom of the mall. And this is something that I noticed. When you're watching Stranger Things season three, and once I tell you this, you're never going to be able to unsee it. No, I, I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's not gross. It's about an extra. There's an extra with a beard and brown hair and a bag. He is always walking around and he does the same movements. And I've noticed him in every episode that it shows them all. Like, is he really tall? I think he made it a point to like situate himself in front of the camera wow. at all times. Because I can't not see him. So brown is hair, he really beard, tall bag. Or I know him? He's like a medium height. He's kind of like, you remember my friend Ben? Guys, you know my friend Ben? He kind of <laughs> looks too. like Ben. He's kind of like Ben's height. Okay. One of the funniest things is when Mike says to Lucas, oh, I'm so sorry. I want to spend romantic time. I'm with my girlfriend. Gross. It's sick. It's <laughs> sickening. Like, it literally makes me feel violently <gasps> ill. Eleven shippers are, Boo. you're going to be getting letters. Dear Tori, who does Dear not Tori, answer. Guys, she doesn't answer those letters, so she will never not see Not at them. all. Dear Tori, you are a snooze. Dear <laughs> Ash, send this to Tori. But one of the funniest things is when Lucas is walking with Max and he goes, I'm spending romantic time with my girlfriend too. And he puts his arm around her, but he's like, she's with the gang. I just think that's like really funny. So then they go into the movie and, oh wait, no, they don't. What happens next they're running to the movie and we see a quick shot of erica uh she's like a vision she's like a beautiful warm happy vision with her little gang of friends eating her ice cream just living her best life shouldn't you be home already shouldn't you be where are her parents i can tell you that mrs sinclair is probably like erica's got 15 minutes to get in this door but we're not seeing that guys we're not seeing that so erica is squabbling with lucas which is kind of funny and kind of like 
cheesy. Lucas is too old to be squabbling with his sister in this way. No, but I, I guess get it, like, Lucas. I get it. I'm 19. I squabble <laughs> with the six-year-old. I get it. That's so true. I guess Max does say to him, real mature. So, Shouldn't you be dead already? Tori, you have to get ready for this next part because this is the moment of your dreams. Steve. Shows the scoops ahoy. Ugh. We see Robin. Hey, Dingus, your children are here. And then... All the kids run in, and Mike, being a snoosh, ringing that bell. Bing, 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 bing. And Steve pokes his little head out, and he goes, again? And, you know, Mike does the extra ding and does, like, a little, like, he points his face, and he does kind of like, yeah, you're going to do what I'm telling you to do. And Steve lets them in through the back entrance, which I can't believe we didn't ask to see that during the yeah. tour. Well, we should have. We didn't even get to get That's still there. Let's get maintenance jobs at the mall. And we'll be able to walk all the grounds. And then when the fans show up, we'll be like, get out of here. So they go in and they sneak into the movie theater and it's kind of like the movie theater is packed, but somehow there are two seats available for Mike and Will and two seats available for Lucas and Max. And then Will starts like digging in his book bag and bringing out all the snacks. That's so funny. Like, remember when you could do that, guys? Remember when you sneak in all your food? I remember. Remember when? I did it like a month ago. No, but I mean, people used to sneak in a lot. I remember. I snuck in Boba to a movie. I just put it in my book bag. I remember once mom took me to a movie with Bob. He was one of my dads. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to know our business. Continue the story. (laughs) Anyway, and we went into the movie, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, he opens a bag, and he, like, pulls out, like, a Subway sandwich, and then he pulls out chips, and then he pulls out, like, beer and Cokes, and he's, like, cracking them. I was so mortified. I was like, what is this? This dude's in his 50s. What is he doing? Ashley won't understand this, but you guys will. Um, My friend Sydney snuck an entire four for four into the movie theater. I don't understand It's a thing from Wendy's. It's a drink, a sandwich, fries, and, like, nuggets or something. They get into the movie, and when they're running past the sign, it says George Romero's Day of the Dead, and it says a sneak preview. And I thought that was really smart, because I think it's probably a movie the Duffers wanted to use, but it didn't match up with their July 4th timeline, because that movie originally came out, I looked it up in July 19th, 1985. So it was a sneak preview, and I was like, did they do sneak previews in the 80s? I don't remember. I know they do it now, but I didn't know if they did it then. So the kids go into the movie theater, and you see the screen, and it's like... They've done a little animation of a cup flying into a trash. That cup looked really contemporary. Did you remember the cup? No, not even a little bit. It had like a thin base with a tall base. I don't know. It didn't, it looked like a really contemporary cup. But the kids are, you know, smushing into the movie seats and it shows feature presentation. And it starts off with the movie with Sarah in the cell. Have you watched Day of the Dead? Nope. Okay, well, it starts off with Sarah. She's the character, main, the main girl is Sarah. And she's like in this kind of like this white room, which is a really cool shot actually. And then the film starts to melt and everyone is mad and starts going boo and we see Steve you know we we see everybody we see everything happening in Hawkins all the people are in the mall the lights go off and then we see Erica and she's like what the hell guys that's just the beginning of Erica's potty mouth this season (laughs) a lot of shit's happening with Erica this season somebody said we should do a count like we should just watch all the episodes and count how many times she does it I think we were going to do that for like season two with Nancy and and how many times Nancy was like asshole asshole it was like nonstop. Sorry if you guys have kids in the cars, but those are pretty generic words. They're using those on the streets. It's, yeah, if, you, if your kids have seen Stranger Things, you've heard that. And we see one of the funniest parts is Steve. He's flipping the light on and off, and, and Robin is looking at him like, you moron, the power's yeah. off, and he's just like flicking it. But that was really funny. And then it, you know, it's still, we go out, we see a pan of the city and we see the rats. They're like collecting. We see all the rats. They're starting to go to the steelworks. Like something is happening. What was that mist stuff? Like, you know, on the ground, there's like a, like a mist that's gathering. Is that just like the, the monster or whatever? 
trying to find no a idea, host like inside after, the rats. After a rain, that always happens, like, to hot ground. Oh, that's true. Maybe that's what it is. I just couldn't tell what it was because it was swirling around. I thought maybe that's, like, the body or the, like, the soul know, or whatever happened, trying to, like, get all the rats to, like, make his, con- his body. That happened in season one Demogorgon when, like, he was going to get Will. Also, I'm sorry to bring it back all the way to season one, episode one, but we never figured out how the Demogorgon did telekinesis. And it's aggravating me. It still aggravates me to this day. Is this the one where I was really mad because they were standing behind the door and yes. like the lock was starting to unlock? And yes. I was like, and how never, is that happening? They never does it again. That's true. Duffers, we found Duffers, a plot line. plot hole. <laughs> Sorry, continue. This story. show's horrible. <laughs> no, no, it's not, guys. It's great. So, you know, then the power comes back on. You see like the, they show like the different angles the power comes back on. They show Ashley and Kilby. Yeah, they do. Adorable. Kilby was like, can we talk about that again? I was like, no, that's old news. <laughs> <laughs> but the power comes back on. Will feels his neck. So it's starting to show that there's like a connection with, you know, the mind flayer or whatever we're calling it this season. And Mike asks if Will's okay. So Mike's kind of being nice again. Then it goes back to the movie and it's Sarah's hand. She's like in this empty room and she's running her hand over a calendar. And I don't know if you noticed that the calendar says October and it's got a pumpkin patch in yeah. it. And then all of a sudden the hands come out of the wall, which is such a great shot. Is that a great shot? <laughs> yeah, I think it I've looks totally seen cool. I've never the movie and I feel bad because like I, I don't want to be one of those people that's like, the technology is so much better now. But watching that, I was like, what is this movie? No, it looks cool. Like, I mean, it's still a creepy shot. Like, even if you see an old movie, you can appreciate like the creepiness yeah. of the shot. Like the hands coming through. Just the idea of this crisp, clean white wall and this like lady and she's solo in it. And then these grimy, disgusting hands pop out through the wall. Yeah. It's a really interesting shot. I can see why the Duffers picked it. And if we ever get to interview them, guys, let us interview the Duffer brothers. That's something I would ask them. I bet they probably probably watched that scene and loved it. I bet it influenced them in so many ways and that's why that scene was shot. So we're 37 minutes in and as Tori said, finally we're getting Nancy. We're getting, a you know, another character. I don't want to see her. They aggravate me. Their whole storyline, I'm like, I don't care. I have a problem with their storyline this season too, but they wake up and it's like, bam, 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 bam. I forget what it's called. Oh, that's the Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. But anyway, Nancy wakes up and she's like late for work. And again, Nancy's like, shit, 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 shit. And Jonathan wakes up and it's tidy whities. And I was like, oh, oh no. Sickening. <laughs> Absolutely sick. I was like, are we going there? She's spending the night with Jonathan. I know that they've graduated from high school, like probably just, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that makes sense in a way, but it's also kind of weird because Nancy's getting ready and she no, jumps out his year. But she no, but I'm saying I'm saying she's they're old enough. Like they're not yeah. in high school anymore, right? They're like nineteen. Yeah, so they're old For enough. My age. But she's still in her parents' house, or he's still in his parents' house, and she jumps out of the window and she runs through. Very eighties. And I gotta tell you, in that buyer's house, the way those walls and how close those rooms are, I don't know why she's jumping out the window. Everybody heard all their business. Yeah. Like you can hear people in your house. You can hear windows open. You can hear. Well, because Joyce, they, I mean, they don't know, but Joyce doesn't care. She's yeah, it. Joyce doesn't care. That's the part that's funny about it is she jumps out the window and she's running. But then, you know, Jonathan's coming out through the regular door the and. Lipstick print <clears throat> on his cheek. Yeah, which is a giant lipstick print. Guys, when you're making out, do you put giant lipstick no, prints on people's cheeks? <laughs> I don't think so. But she wipes it. And then Will is like gross. And the part that made me sad is that Joyce is making Will this breakfast. It's a beautiful breakfast. Tons of pancakes, fluffy eggs. And he's pouring syrup over it. And she says, yeah, we don't eat eggs. We eat tofu scrambler yeah. but um she's going down to talk to him and he's like gross and she said oh it won't be gross when it happens to you or something like that and he says what does he say I'm not gonna fall in love and that part made me really sad I don't know what they're trying to do to him this season I know like Will was supposed to catch a break but it seems like he's not catching no. a break he seems sad and depressed and he just wants to play D&D will someone just play D&D with Will for the yeah. love of 
11. Yeah. So, so you know, he says he's not going to fall in love. And Joyce... I guess he's trying to hold on to his childhood because he lost, like, a such a giant part of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you... It's like us, you know, or anyone. You're watching a show and it's nostalgia for you or it brings back happy memories and you're like, God, that was a great time being a kid or that was a great time doing this. And Will's just like, yeah, that was... Those are fun times. Like, I don't want to get rid of those times. And everybody else is like, yeah, we're moving on and Will's just not ready to yet. But we see Joyce, she notices the magnet, the little rocket ship magnets on the floor and she picks it up and, you know, we see the Bob Newby superhero, which, guys, later in this episode, that reveal of Sean Astin as a guest... So yeah. good. So good. Excellent. I like that's something that I had no idea was coming and I really I really appreciated it. We see Nancy and Jonathan and they rush they're they're in the car, they're rushing to work. And Jonathan, guys, I know we give Jonathan a lot of crap, but he's being so nice to Nancy in this. She's like putting on her makeup and she's trying to, you know, just get dressed and fix her hair while he's driving. And she's saying, you know, I can't be late. You can be late because you're a man. I can't be late because they treat me like garbage and I'm a woman, so I have to be on time. I'm I'm held to a different, you know, standard so than you, you are. Go faster? Yeah, and he's trying to be like, you know what, once they realize what a wonderful writer you are or something like that, he's being really supportive of her, trying to say, like, don't worry about it. They're going to see the greatness in you. And, and she's like, she's being a snooch. Snooshing it up. She says, I don't need another Jonathan Byers pep talk right now. And it was like, one, that maybe shows you, that Jonathan. Maybe you do, snooch. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you do. That's showing that Jonathan is trying to be supportive of her on a daily basis because it's another one of his pep talks. And it's also like, I don't know. You can't, you can't take things out on the people that you're with just because you're having a bad day. You can't just right. be mean to somebody else. Like Jonathan is also late for work. It's also his job. He also doesn't want to be late. I realize they both see it from different perspectives, but I guess this is just the beginning of what we see, you know, throughout this season with Jonathan and Nancy. Um, it's kind of weird because Tori and I have never been team Jancy per se, not because we didn't like them, but just something about them together. We didn't like, and I also always had a problem with Jonathan being a very weak character and that they just, he tries to do a lot He's of like things, no but then, like whatsoever there's no like but this season he is he's trying to step up and do things and like Nancy's smashing it down and I don't know if it's just because of the stress she's under trying to prove herself in this like male dominated 1980s world or what but it was kind of a bummer to have that you know we waited 37 minutes to see them and then the first thing we get is them arguing in a car it's like no that makes me sad so then we move on and as this is a nice transition as they're driving down the road speeding slowly crawling past them as a yellow Volvo which is a beautiful car buy me one is Dustin coming home from camp yeah and Dustin's sitting there and he's like gold leader to whatever why is he gold leader Shouldn't he be like Pearly Whites? No, he's Gold Leader. But what does Gold Leader stand for, for Dustin? I have no idea. I don't think it means anything. It's just a code name that you have on the radio. Well, you know how later in the season, Dustin gives everybody code names. Like, what's his name? Brett Gilman's character? I don't know. Murray Bauman. Yeah. He's like bald eagle. Like bald he eagle. he kind of, it's kind of referenced yeah. based on who they are. And so I was like, gold leader? Why is he gold leader? I would think pearly whites or I don't know. But I just thought that was interesting. Another thing that was really a nice touch by the props or set design, I don't know who did this, is the little bobblehead muse on the oh, dashboard. Yeah. That was a really nice touch. It kind of like led you back. You were like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, muse. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> like it was sad. But Dustin's trying to reach everybody. And of course, you know, they're not reaching him because they're all back at his house planning for the surprise party. Now, the next two scenes, Tori and I are not going to talk about because we already talked about them like way in depth when the two trailers came out. Essentially, the first trailer is what happens next. It's the three kids and they're all surprising Dustin and, you know, he freaks out. And You can find that episode if you want to listen to it. And yeah, I think it's like the season 
three trailer is out or something like that. And then the very next scene is also the second trailer that came out, which is the one, I, I don't know if that's the right order, but you guys know what I'm saying. But um, it's the one with Billy and the moms at the pool, which we talk about totally in depth. Yeah. And we love it. We love both of those scenes. So basically they put the two trailers back to back and that was nice. Those were great scenes. And I, you know, it's interesting to know that that's how the Duffer Brothers decided to release it. Then we next go to Joyce at Melvald's and she is hanging up signs. Now, Tori and I can tell you this now, but when we went and visited Hawkins a while ago, Kilby wanted to go because... Almost two years ago. Yeah, Kilby went and she didn't remember it. Like, I think they let her see um, where Bob worked, the Radio Shack. I mean, I know they built that on a set, but I also know that one place was the inspiration for it. And we walked by the Melvalds and it was like, oh, the wide open and it was someone was set ducking like set decorating it and we could see like the 1980s Prowl shampoo bottles and we could see like everything that you see in the episode Tori and I saw it there but we didn't take any pictures of anything because you know we're trying to be respectful but we took it in with our eyes and when I saw Joyce doing the little stickers I on it the shampoo bottle. I might have taken a, like a close-up of the Prowl because I remember yeah, my grand the only thing because my grandmother used Prowl shampoo and I remember like she loved Christy Brinkley or something and I think she did Prowl shampoo commercials guys fact check me but yeah it was really neat to see that and it, we were like the store is so empty I guess yeah. they're just getting it ready but I guess that was part of the plot line is just that the star court's moving in and poor Joyce is trying to get people to come in and in real life they've all those stores have like closed down yeah, so I I like the connection with Joyce and Hopper this season. A lot of people read it in a different way. They read it like Hopper is aggressively pursuing Joyce and she's not into it. But that's not how I see it. But we'll get into that with the other episodes as, you know, certain things come up. But basically, Hopper comes in and he's complaining about Mike. And he's just like, he's really comedic. David Harbour does an excellent job of being funny with this. Like, he's like, that son of a bitch, Mike. And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> it's so funny. I was laughing so hard. Well, you know what's funny about it is that the reason that Eleven and Mike are together is because of Hopper. It's because yeah. he went to, God, what was his name? The guy played by Paul Reiser. You guys know what I'm talking about. The the scientist and he was like, can, is there a way that we can let Elle out for a, you know, a certain limited of time? Basically negotiating a deal to get her into that snowball dance with Mike. Your fault, Hopper. You set it all in Wrong motion, bro. Move. Bad move, bro. Bad move, bro. But so he's setting it up and it's so funny. And one of my things is, he's talking Mike. about, he's talking about how they're kissing and Joyce is like, they're teenagers. That's what they do. And he's like, but it's, constant he's like like, it's all the time that's not normal and it's like it's totally normal no not in your house not in your house in in front of you like hide in the bushes or something guys yeah when i was in eighth grade literally you'd walk down the hallway and like every third step you would take you would just see like kids like (laughs) making out with like their tongues in their each other's throats it was disgusting i remember tori had a boyfriend in the eighth grade and he was always trying to kiss her and i'd be like not on my watch bro (laughs) i get you no josh Literally, it's so funny. It's so funny. When I was in, I think this was right before I started ninth grade or like right after I just started ninth grade. Josh like did the exact same thing that Hopper did where me and my little boyfriend from when I was like 14. You guys don't know him, but he's a boo. Let's boo him. Boo. Boo. We're sitting on my bed and Josh was in the room directly across from us and he literally had his chair leaned back while he was playing Halo so he could watch us. We had a video game room. We have like an entertainment room that was right across from Tori's room but that that kid was handsy guys (laughs) (laughs) hopper gets it hopper gets it but um that son of a bitch that That made me laugh because the first time i was watching that i was more focused on like their connection and how funny he was being but when i watched it again for this review i was like that son of a bitch dang 
He's 14. Take it down a notch. So this this part's really nice because it gives you another side of Joyce, which I like a lot. Because in the first season, Joyce is like manic. People are like, what is wrong with Winona Ryder? And it's like nothing. That's her character. Joyce is manic because she's looking for her son. And in season two, she's kind of the same way, but a little bit more fierce. But in this season, it's cool because she's kind of chill. She's kind of like... Until later, until she yeah. can find her kids again. Well, yeah. But I mean, it just shows you another side of her, like where she's like, just take it easy. Kids are going to get together. My son's having sex with his girlfriend in her house every Every night she doesn't say that but that's Gross. you can see that she's just like she's chill she's like whatever like hi Joyce like you know what I'm saying she's very I want to be like chill. when I have a kid I want to be like Joyce's in law just gonna let your kids have sex in your house not, not on my watch that's none, of, that's none of my business that is absolutely none of my business if they're uh, of the legal age that's that's on them. Oh, no. Hard pass, guys. I'm not guys. dealing with that. I don't want to talk about it with them. You want to hear those squeaks in your house? Ew. Ashley. <laughs> I'm just, I'm Do I have pet there. rats as children? Why are they squeaking? It's their bed. It's a uh, mattress. okay. Oh, Lord. Tori. <laughs> okay, bringing it back to the rats, bringing it back to Stranger Things. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Squeaky, squeak, squeak, squeak. <laughs> so anyway, guys. Um, so this is nice because Joyce is kind of trying to tame. It's nice because usually Hopper is doing this he's trying to tame Joyce yeah. not tame that's the wrong word but tame relax her, yeah. he's trying to relax her like hey yes your kids are gone but I'm on it I'm gonna help you find them or yes you're upset Bob died but I'm it's okay I'm here for well, you I'm gonna come okay, for you but now yeah but now Hopper's like that son of a bitch Mike yeah. it's constant and she's like but it's nice because she's helping him and she says you know what let me write you something let me help you like how to talk to her and if you think about it this would be new to territory to Hopper because his daughter died when she was young so he never got to this point with his daughter and so he wouldn't know how to deal with Eleven it's an all new situation for him so I think it's a really sweet moment and it's also really funny like when he's trying to you know I want to talk with you too I want to god I wish I would have written it down I know this is a difficult conversation to have but I hope you know that I care about you very much and I know that you eye contact and I know that you both care about each other very much. This does not sound like me at all. Just keep going. Hmm. Which is why I think it's important to establish these boundaries moving forward. No looking. You know this. Come on. So we can build an environment uh, where we all feel comfortable and trusted and open share our feelings to sharing our feelings this isn't gonna work there's a lot of nice transitions in this first episode i'm not i wasn't paying attention to who directed it but you know we had the cars passing each other and there's another transition that's nice where hopper and joyce are in the store we look out the window and it's nancy walking by she's transitioning she's walking to the hawkins post and she's delivering the food to the men and there you know i think it's our first sign where we see jake Busey and we see um the other guy the actor from evan hansen i can't think of him the main the main editor and I think his name is Parker, maybe. But um, we see her go in and she's delivering everybody the food. She walks right into the dark room with Jonathan. This is a theme that I've noticed on several episodes where she just walks into the dark room she where Jonathan... She she's stupid. Well, I think it's kind of like she's... It's disrespectful to Jonathan. It's like doing photography is like really important to him. It's like, I'm in this dark room. I'm This is my craft. I'm Ashley used to do this when she was in college. So she knows a lot about it. I was in a dark room, guys. But I'm just saying it's like... But usually the dark rooms aren't like that. Like usually when you 
you open a door in a dark room. It's not straight there's a, onto the, right. there's like a staircase. There's like a, a well, there's a black yes. Something. There's like a black thick sheen so that if yeah. someone walks in accident because it ruins your film. If you don't know anything about photography, like the minute light hits your film, it's ruined. The whole roll is gone. Like it, there, it cannot be salvaged. Yeah, we need a photography room in my high school, and so like I know I would always like yeah. check on Victorian. Guys, I have a minor in photography. <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> but the point is, is that throughout the season, she's constantly just like opening the door on him. And it's kind of like, I think that they, like when they had their heart to heart and another episode, it gets to the point, but it's like, they're both really worried about themselves right now. Like she doesn't care that she's opening the door into the dark room consistently because she has to deal with these men who are treating her like she's a piece of garbage. And that's what she's focused on. But so she goes in there and, you know, the guys are trying to think of a story there. It's a pitch meeting. It looks like, and Nancy pitches this really great idea about local business is closing probably because she just walked by Joyce's store seeing all the sale signs which is a nice you know connection and the guys are just like oh let's solve the case of the missing condiments or whatever is so rude her story idea was great and one of the things I wondered about this actually like that in the 80s I don't know I was very small but (laughs) one of the things that I think is interesting is why is Nancy working at this place hear me out I understand that she wants to be a newspaper writer or what is the word I'm trying to think a journalist and that in that time in the 80s women were not significantly considered important in certain areas I'm certainly not that field probably but the question is is she still living at home with her parents right she doesn't have to intern at this place they treat her like crap so I'm wondering is this the only paper establishment in town I guess it is because she loves she's I guess I'm answering my own they question a super tiny town and they were talking yeah. about how she's gonna take it to the Indiana press and she's gonna write a story and they're gonna see yeah her name true in it. true but that was what I uh, before I guess when I first saw this episode that's what I was wondering it was like why would you stay in that kind of environment guys if you're ever in an environment where people are treating you like garbage move on there's she's something better for you syndrome Aw, Nancy. But move on to something else. There's something better for you. But I thought she's... You know, I guess that makes total sense. It's the only one in town, so she has no choice. If this is what she wants to do, then she's going to have to just stick it out and try to work her way up here. So after that, you know, the guys laugh at her. They tell her to go get them some more condiments or mustard. The missing, solve the case of the missing mustard. We switch back to Lucas, and he's washing out his eyes her under name the is sink. Nancy. Nancy what I say? Drew. Oh. Guys, but Lucas is washing out his eyes in the sink because remember, Gaten, we didn't talk about it, but Dustin, not Gaten, Dustin had just sprayed him with the Farrah Fawcett hairspray. And Max says, Hey, does that feel any better? She's being really sweet. And he's like, Is that a new zit? And she's like, What is wrong with you? And she shoves his head under the water. Guys, we need to talk about Max and Lucas's relationship. It does not feel Max healthy. Is, okay. It does not feel like a healthy relationship. Oh, oh, they're 14. It's never going to be a healthy relationship. <laughs> I love these two. I think you guys know I am fully teaching. Lumax, but this season there were some things that I was like, that's not. She thinks it's fun to push boys around. I know a lot of girls like that. Um, well, we'll talk about it as we I mean, rather, the other way, rather than that than the other way around. So, But we'll talk about that later as we go on. But that was funny. It's very natural. The way yes. that they act together is very, like, like uh, I've seen some behind, authentic. Yeah, I've seen some behind-the-scenes interviews with Sadie and Caleb. And you can tell that they really enjoy each other as people. They're so, they're, they're so natural. And I guess going back to my thing about the whole scene with him saying, is that a new zit? And her shoving her, his face under the water. I like it in one way because it shows the different dynamic, right? Mike and Elle are very, like let's make out all the time and Max and Lucas are like we're bros like we hang out all the time but we also like each other but we're not going to show everybody our PDA our romantic time is at the movies with all of your friends
friends. So I do like that aspect of it, actually. I think that's a nice thing. So we're going to Dustin and he's showing off his tools that he made at camp. Watch Mike's face. Mike is like rolling his eyes. Yeah. Like, oh, I could be hanging out with Eleven right now, but I'm here with my best friend watching his stupid stuff. But one of the things he pulls out is like, what does he call it? It's like the hammer thing. Somebody, I think it was Josh, was like, oh, that's a call to uh, Ash in The Evil Dead or an Army of Darkness that's similar oh, to yeah. something that he makes. And I tried to find the clip, but I couldn't find it. And then he shows them, you know, his creme de la creme that he's made his radio tower. And they're like, so basically, uh, you know, hand wave radio. He's like, but the coolest one ever. And so the gang gets on track and they're like, let's go. We're going to talk to Susie. The song. They played it. The only reason that <laughs> I the trailer, song, yeah, because I was on a, a, a bow, on an bow, undisclosed bow. movie that takes place in the nineties, and they played that Tori's song. Tori's in a movie, uh, and it, they, they played that song, and I was like, I love this song, and then I was like, Oh, that's what this is. Out here in the fields, that song. Yeah, you don't love that song. I loved you it because did a whole episode. I know about how you do not. I love loved it. it because I recognized it from Stranger Things, and then I realized what it was. But I isn't didn't like it, it weird? How I know we've said this a hundred times, but isn't it weird how when you hate a song but it's affiliated with something that you love that oh, you're all yeah. of a sudden like that song's pretty good yeah, yeah literally I would not like that song if it was not in Stranger Things but this is where you know Dustin also tells the gang he's got a girlfriend and they're all like what oh what which I think is kind of funny but it's also kind of mean like to think that oh Dustin has a girlfriend yeah of course he has a girlfriend. She he's, looks like she's 10, but he has a girlfriend. Guys, she's hotter than Phoebe Cates. No. Gross. There are a lot of Fast Times at Ridgemont High references in this movie. Did you say Phoebe Cates a bunch? Yeah, well, they also I reference it. Like that whole friend, scene of the music. She was like, she's not, I, we're, we're, she looks like a girl. Phoebe Cates is beautiful. That's what I said. I was like, well, because I've seen like- Everyone is beautiful. Stuff. Guys, everyone is beautiful. So then we go to Steve scooping his ice cream and he's hitting on girls who make fun of him. What did you think of this? Um, I don't like his transition from season one until now. I think that it's depressing um, because he randomly goes from like all these girls like him and like whatever to then in season two, he's just like going after Nancy and I guess he's not in school so it doesn't really matter. But just like all of a sudden, like he just doesn't know how to talk to girls or anything. It doesn't make sense because here's the thing. They're doing the same thing with Lucas. They're dumbing Lucas down. They're dumbing Steve down for what? What's the point? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is even if Steve was being stupid and didn't know how to talk to girls, and he, yes, works at a Scoops Ahoy, he's not some college frat bro that maybe these girls in the 80s would like, I don't know girls in the 80s like, but it wouldn't matter because he's only been out of school for two years if Jonathan and Nancy had been out for one year because he was a year older than them. But it doesn't matter because Steve is an attractive person. So these girls would like him anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Attractive, it's like that other attractive video people that live a different life. Ice cream. I haven't seen that. There's like this meme video of this. Everybody thinks he's attractive and I do not think he's cute. Of this guy doing like rolled ice cream and it's like super uncomfortable to watch. But like everyone was like, oh my God, he's so hot. And it's like, it doesn't matter that he's scooping ice cream. He looks like Joe Keery. He is beautiful. Right. That's what doesn't make sense in this scene is because, you know, traditionally anyone who likes Joe Keery, like a lot of people like Joe Keery, a lot of people like Steve, um, this one right here, he is considered an attractive person. Beautiful people live different lives. There is no way that those girls would see him talking to them and be like, oh, he works in an ice cream shop. Gross. So that part for me felt a little, it felt a little, I mean, it makes sense for the storyline because he needs to have that connection with Robin where she's kind of goofing on him and making fun of him. But like in real life, there's no way that girls would care that he worked at a Scoops Ahoy. They would still be like, yeah, bro, give me that vanilla ice cream. So we go to Robin and she's doing the you rule, you suck. And 
they have this little conversation with each other that shows that they have a nice like tete-a-tete you know she's like oh what does he say he's like I hate these hats it's blowing my best feature yeah. and he rips it off and then his mountain of hair yeah, comes it out does. I want to ask the people the hair and makeup people like I know Joe Curie has big hair anyway but I feel like they must do something to his hair like roll it or something bigger and also it looks like he has highlights like in the second episode yeah. they show Joe like his hair looked different in the second episode or maybe it was the third it looked like he was given some blonde like streaks or something to give his hair some definition but I just thought that was interesting and he basically cur- you know musters all of his courage and he goes over to the next group of ladies that come in and I like how Robin's like his wingman and she's like here they come they're coming up and he's like ahoy ladies which you know totally goes back to season one when Nancy and Barb are going to the house and he's like what does he hello, say ladies. hello ladies I love that when he's got that confidence and he's like oh can I get you a banana boat it's hot out there Oh, and this is the funny scene where it goes to the funny scene where Hopper is working on talking to Eleven. He's looking at Joyce lovingly, which is really sweet. I think it's when Joyce touches his hand like to comfort him and he kind of looks at her and then she pulls her hand away like oh no and then she finally gets a customer a customer comes into the store and we go back to I mean this episode's really long it's actually they packed a lot into this episode when you're watching it and it's done you're like oh that was quick but when you're rewatching it you're like man there's a lot they're continually going back to things so it's going back to the mountain the kids are climbing up Mike and Elle dip out because they need to kiss and make out or whatever which I think Dustin's right Dustin's like this is bullshit it's like just got back I know they want to make out and stuff but like they can't chill with Dustin for like he's been gone a month like 30 minutes and then we see Will feeling his neck and you can see all the rats running across the field that field area is beautiful I think they shot in like I don't know how you say it Chambly Georgia so we see the rats and the rats are like going into the you know going into the seal yard this is the part where the rats start to squeal and they like like are exploding and I did not watch it I saw the first rat start to squeal and I was like it didn't look real so I watched it I didn't watch it I was like no thank you guys if we see a little ant or if we see a lizard in our house it's like a full mission to get that thing outside find me I say the spiders <laughs> I'm not gonna watch I save spiders I definitely try to save spiders. I'm not gonna watch a little rat squirrel and pain I was like little rat buddy like when John when in the next episode Nancy goes to see Mrs. Driscoll and the little rats in the cage yeah no thank you that was so upsetting <laughs> I digress so we go back to the pool and we see Mrs. Wheeler doing the backstroke and Kara said that she had to learn to do the backstroke in order to shoot that scene and again very fast times at Ridgemont High she gets out of the pool just like Phoebe Cates gets out yeah. of the pool with the same song playing I don't think the song I think I think that song plays when Billy is coming out bam, bam, oh, yeah, yeah. Bam. so they switched it up a little I think that they were like it'll be too you know noticeable yeah. but Billy and Mrs. Wheeler had that really funny flirt session where Dacre's teeth are the whitest yeah. teeth I've ever seen in my life and he's flirting with her and it's so funny looking good out there Mrs. Wheeler thank you perfect form well your form is amazing <laughs> sorry I mean I I've seen you uh, teaching (laughs) lessons, swimming lessons. You know, I could, uh, I could teach you if you like. Oh. I know all the styles. Freestyle, butterfly, breaststroke. Oh. Oh. You okay? Uh, I didn't think you, I didn't think you taught adults. Well, I offer more uh, advanced lessons to select clientele. Come to think of it, there is a good pool out at uh, Motel 6 on Cornwallis. It's very quiet. You know, very private. Mm. Shall we say tonight? Eight o'clock? 
I'm sorry. I can't. Can't what? Have fun? <laughs> Mrs. Wheeler. No. I, I, I just, uh, I don't think I need any lessons. Oh, you see, I think you do. I just don't think that you've had the right teacher. I, uh... It will be the workout of your life. way that they're doing like are they trying to make it seem like that billy is hotter than steve because first of all no <laughs> and second of all like billy's a lifeguard and girls are still like oh my god billy like i love you and steve is scooping ice cream and people are like you know steve gross like well it's also the summer and so being a lifeguard is like a cool thing i guess in the summer at it's a like public pool because it's a summer job it's not like a no but, but a public pool that everybody in the town is at it must be a nice pool no i would think if it was like at a beach or something like people would like it but nobody's like oh a lifeguard at a pool. Billy, come here. I think it's supposed to kind of be like a, like, it's not a resort pool, but it's supposed to be a nicer pool because, like, it's, it's I'm just saying everybody, pool. yeah, but everybody at the town is there. I'm not saying, I think Steve's job is like, I'm at Scoops Ahoy forever. And Billy's like, yeah. I'm just working this summer job. Plus, Billy's got that car, but it goes back to my whole thing. Yeah. Like, beautiful people live different lives. There yeah. is no way those girls would not be still hanging out with Steve. Yeah. Like, that makes no sense. They would 100% be like, cool, let's hang out. I mean, it just makes no sense. Bring me some USS Butterscotch. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So, you know. Did you see they're coming out with the real ice creams? Yeah, they're out. But they're not vegan, and that's a, so rude. Yeah, they're that's not the vegan. the rudest thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Stranger Things, so we bad. need vegan shoes. We need vegan ice cream. I want to try them, too. I've looked at them in the store, and I'm like, oh, those look cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, bet people, people enjoy, I bet people enjoy those. And not even just vegan, but there's lactose intolerant fans out there, Literally. guys. Um, shake it up. Um, but, you know, so they have their whole little scene where he's basically like, meet me at the Motel 6 and we're gonna get it on. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, it'll be the workout of your life. And she gives him a little Mrs. Wheeler uh, saucy with her shiny lavender eyelashes. And then we go to Lucas and he's, the, you know, it's going back and forth to the hill, like on the gang. And Lucas is drinking all the water. And it's another scene with Max where she's like, did you seriously just drink all the water? And like Lucas spits it back into the cantina and tries to hand it to her. And she's just like, oh my God. So basically, Basically what happens is is they they try to you know reach Susie and everybody starts being really mean to Dustin like she doesn't exist she's not here we've yeah. been here all day and I thought it was like I get the anxiety of being like this sucks we spent our whole day here but also Dustin has been gone a month like if he yeah. wants to chill out on the field for a while with you guys you guys would sit in the basement playing D&D this late yeah. like why not just sit out there with him and chill you got nothing else to do I guess because they don't have any food and no water because Lucas drank it all like four hours ago yeah Max and Lucas basically leave and Lucas has a little thing where he's talking about, you know, there's no girl hotter than Phoebe Cates and smart or whatever. And Max like razzes him and she's like, oh, there's not. Now nah, I'm just messing with you. I know yeah. I'm perfect. And they run off together, which is a nice thing. It kind of shows they have a cute thing. And then Will's like, I'm going to leave. Can we do something fun tomorrow? Like play D&D like we used to. And Dustin also looks hurt. Like they both look hurt and it's just really sad. And another thing, like with everything that happened to Will, why is people just letting Will walk home solo? Yeah, that's why isn't anybody like... like Max, or like Lucas and Max just left. I guess maybe they're not showing it, but maybe he goes, Lucas, Max, wait up. And they yeah. all walk home together. But because it seemed like it took them like five hours to walk up that hill and then it's night and they're like in the forest. They're just going to be yeah. like, peace out, Will. And that's what it happens when Dustin hears the, you know, the silver cat feeds. And then we go to Joyce and she's in the buyer's house. And it's sad because she's coming home to an empty home. She makes herself this sad lasagna and peas and a glass of wine. And she starts watching Cheers with Sam and Diane. And she has a flashback to Bob. And it was so sweet. It was a nice surprise because that wasn't anything that we were expecting and it was just nice but it also was sad 
Because she's just eating them peas, those lonely lady peas. And then it's late at night, and Nance is cleaning the Hawkins Post, and she's cleaning up all their mess that they left because they're disgusting, dirty people. And she gets the call, and she writes down Doris Driscoll. And guys, we could talk about Doris Driscoll all day. That lady, please have her on our podcast. She is excellent. That lady is the old woman in literally everything. She was the grandma in Summer 03. Um, She plays the, the grandma in that one weird like movie that we watched that was like black and white when I was like 15 or 16. Pleasantville? Maybe. Where it goes in the color? Maybe. I don't remember. But she's, we'll talk about her in depth when they show her because they haven't even actually introduced her. They've just said her name. Yeah, but she's in a bajillion things. She's the grandma in everything. excellent. And guys, she has an Instagram account with no followers. I don't know what it is, but go follow her because she's so cute. Gaten follows her if you want to search it that way, fans. So basically that's the the beginning of, you know, Nancy finally getting the the scoop that she wants. And it fades in again to more Elle and Mike kissing. What do you think about this kissing? What's up with this kissing? It's sickening. I'm disgusted. I am. Oh, we were right. You remember when they put out the song list and we heard the um that one song, I can't fight this feeling like anymore. I was like Mike and Eleven and it was them. Although, I mean, I guess everybody gets that. And we see Hopper in bed hugging a pillow. He's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Did you notice that the ash from the cigarette had like fallen and it was like built up all over his chin? Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't smoke, but like, doesn't that, wouldn't that burn. ash burn? Yeah. But he's like, you know, he hears this music. He knows they're making out and he's like, he's summoning all of his courage to take the advice that Joyce gave him to go talk to the kids and he goes your grandma's sick that part made me laugh so hard and then he takes him out into the car and and the other part that made me laugh is when Mike's trying to get out of the car and Hopper's is just sitting there so deadpan but he's like every time Mike unlocks the door he's locking it back I love that scene it's so funny it is so funny they both play it really well so after that happens we go to Mrs. Wheeler she's getting ready which we said we guessed that too we were like they're gonna have a scene where Mrs. Wheeler's like bam 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 like trying to get ready to go on the night with Billy she's putting on her red lipstick oh, this part confused me because when she went over and looked at Ted and what's the Holly, Holly yeah on the chair I thought she saw them and got aggravated and left because they were asleep but then no I realized that like because Han- I was watching it with my friend and she was like it's just no, we no like yeah. she decided to stay home and she was like this is stupid this no I think that that's what it was is it rekindled that thing like wow you know I'm we have this life together and look he really does love Holly and he yeah. might not show me all the time and I might not be currently happy but I think that that's what it was she was like I maybe Maybe it was just that I can't do this to Holly. She loves yeah. her dad and this is going to ruin our relate. you know, maybe it's one of those things. Yeah. But, you know, this is where we see Billy and he's driving and it's so funny. Dacre is so funny. He was like, hey, can I call you Karen? I was like, I, when he laughs to himself in the car, I'm like, he's a crazy person yeah, when he's love, just like doing that laugh. Love him. Love you, Dacre. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karen. No mind if I call you Karen, do you? Everyone hates Billy, but this is where I first felt my pang of like empathy for him, yeah. where he got dragged down. I was like, oh no. Like, but I guess you would for anybody, even if someone's a crappy person or yeah. a snoosh, you would still be like, oh no, I don't want them dragged to their death in a steelworks. And that's where we left it, guys. That's where it ended. Thank God. We did it. We got oh through the episode. God. And you guys aren't going to hear another one for two weeks because Tori and I need time to make these things. Watching Stranger Things season three was so good. And sometimes I saw an episode or I saw something that I was like, that's, I don't like that. But then when I rewatched it, it, it kind of 
all comes back to me and I'm like, no, I do like that. I really like, you see the complexities and the things that they put together. I guess that's it. Do you have anything else you want to say about the season? I love Steve so much. Even as an ice cream scooper. Yeah. Even with his hairy chest poking out of a Scoops Ew. Ahoy shirt. Did you see it? Uh, yes, and I did not appreciate it even at all. He was smooth season one and season two. Why can't they smooth him up for season three? And everybody knows Tori likes him smooth. Ew. <laughs> Ouch. I'm sick. Uh, so thanks again for listening. Shout out to Brett Wilbanks who created two new shirts for us. He created the Upside Down Podcast and Mr. Clark loves the Upside Down Podcast. Those are available in our store. But again, everyone, thanks so much for listening. We are excited to talk with you about the next few episodes and stay strange. Thanks for listening to the Upside Down Podcast hosted by Sisters Ash and Tori. For more information, visit our website at theupsidedownpod.com. You can also contact us at theupsidedownpod at gmail.com as well as follow us on our Facebook and Instagram under the Upside Down Podcast. Episodes are released every other Monday, so be sure to subscribe. If you love the podcast, be sure to review us on whatever you listen to us on. Thanks again. Stay strange. Hey, Kyobi, we just watched Stranger Things, season three, episode one. What was your favorite part about it? Um, me. <laughs> what else? Um, Erica. Oh, Erica was cool. 